From Reclaim the Well, this is for mommy's sake. We promote transparency in motherhood through candid discussions in ways our elders wouldn't talk about. Honest, transparent motherhood. The good, the bad, the funny, and ugly. Hola, mamis. On this episode of For Mommy's Sake, we continue our discussion on It Takes a Village. We chatted up with Press Towards Freedom's very own poet and creative extraordinaire, Kim Redefining Freedom Gabal. I invite you to listen as we get real on what it takes to sustain a village and manage the expectations of what the village should be. Hey, Kim. Hey. How's it going? It's going. (laughs) It is. It is, definitely. Um, So, today we're going to talk about maintaining the village. But first, let's get to know you a little bit better. Okay. So, when did you become a mommy? And when did you consider yourself a mommy? So, technically, I gave birth for the first time in 1991 Mm -hmm. at the age of 21. Um, I considered myself a mommy actually while I was pregnant. Okay. Um, And part of the reason was because I was in relationship with somebody that was a drug addict. I found out, I didn't realize at the time that we were being intimate that he was a drug addict, but I found out while I was pregnant that he was a drug addict Mm -hmm. and I went into protect my baby mode okay so i i found myself really falling into the understanding that i'm a mommy so i need to put these things in place to make sure my baby's going to be okay even before she was born okay and you have four babies i do and they range from age was it 21 now she's 26 oh lord yeah where have i been for the last five years (laughs) so they are girl boy girl boy my oldest is 26 then my son is 24 then tarjay my next one my youngest girl or my knee baby as they call it here in the south is 19 and then isaiah is 17 and will be 18 in september Oh, wow. I remember I said when he was in elementary school. Yeah, he's like six foot three now. No, ma'am. Yeah, no. I'm not ready for all that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Kim, can you also tell me a little bit about redefining freedom and how how you've incorporated that into your mothering practices? Hmm. So, redefining freedom is the name that I perform under. Um, It's my moniker. Um, and that name came to me when I was pregnant with my youngest son. Mm-hmm. So I've been writing poetry for a long time. And she's really 30. good, y'all. Like, <laughs> like really good. <laughs> I've been writing poetry for well over 20 years. I've been performing it for about 10 years. And um, when I was pregnant with my youngest son... It was a really traumatic and stressful time. I was in a relationship that was pretty much fraught with domestic violence. Um, And my OBGYN, I I would recommend anybody that's in Durham to go to them. Harrison Smith, OBGYN, they are amazing. They were well able to protect me and understood what domestic violence looked like, even if I didn't tell them everything that was going on. 
So they would put things in place, like put me in the hospital under an assumed name so I couldn't be found mm -hmm. while I was in there and things like that to try and protect me and help me to make it through the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, and while I was, I was in a depression, I was upset most of the time, I was always stressed. Um, my body wasn't tolerating the pregnancy well. I actually went into labor at five months okay. and wound up having to be on bed rest for the last four months of the pregnancy. And during that time, I was just praying like, Lord, I don't understand why this, is, why this has to be happening. I do profess Christianity. And I was praying and, you know, I don't understand why this is happening. I've tried to do what I'm supposed to do. And in my prayers, God started giving me poetry. First of all, God, I, I heard my baby's name while I was carrying him mm -hmm. and knew that I was carrying a boy before the doctor ever told me. Mm -hmm. So God started giving me poetry and I was writing out the pain and writing out the, the resolution, the possible resolutions to the pain and writing out the potential healing and um, basically faking it till you make it, you know. Don't so, we do that a lot though? Yeah, we do. <laughs> and in doing that, the name Redefining Freedom came to me because it was clear to me that I was in a state of bondage and it was a combination of fear because of the nature of the domestic violence that was going on. Mm -hmm. um, it was bondage financially because here I am on bed rest and I have three children and I'm the sole provider for my household. None of my children's fathers were present. And um, I, I was single, but wasn't permitted to be single because of this domestic violence with my children's father. So I realized that I needed to redefine for myself what freedom could look like, mm -hmm. even though I was in this state of bondage. And that's where the name came from. And from that point, I started looking at my life in ways that were not the norm and ways that were unusual because I knew based on the storyline that I was living, my life could never fall into or fit into the categories that are considered normal. Right. So Redefining Freedom became the name that I would write my poetry and perform my poetry under. And as I've grown and developed and as life has continued, then I've continued to look at my life in that same way. What are the other possibilities of what this can look like? I know what this says. I know what the statistics say. I know what options are in my face right now. But I also know that I am a creative being and I am the child of a creative God. Mm -hmm. So with that understanding, what are the other possibilities of what this space can look like, what this moment can look like, and what my life can look like? Wow. Yeah. There's so many things. <laughs> yeah. We could talk for hours and we don't have hours right now to talk. And so, like I said earlier, you know, in the previous episode, we talked about creating the village, mm. right? Um, and we've known each other for a while now. And so we've, yeah. I think we've been, I can, I feel safe in saying that we've been a part of each other's village. Yeah. Um, in, in, in really great times and in some very dark times. Yeah. Um, and I'm honored that you have been a part of my village, um, in, in so many ways. Right. Aww, I love you. <laughs> and so <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> um, and so in that process, right. Uh, thinking about, we talked, talking about, uh, creating a village mm -hmm. as, uh, 
the person Akia, who was in the last episode, we're fairly new moms, so we just, we just getting started in the game. Mm -hmm. You're you're like in the midfield. I'm a vet. I'm a grandma <laughs> you, now. You, oh yeah, that's right. You are a GG. <laughs> you are a GG, and yes. so like you you an OG now. Like <laughs> with all the love in the world, I don't mean that. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and so thinking about you know your experiences and listening to even our stories as young mothers um, and people who are currently in the process of getting ready to become mothers right mm -hmm. uh maintaining the village mm. what does that look like right um because you know we've had the conversation of like i just cut somebody out you can't be in my space yeah you gotta go yeah and sometimes we can't do that right yeah um but also maintaining so maintaining the village and the good and mm -hmm. what does that look like as far as staying connected and um Keeping people that are life affirming and not life sucking in mm -hmm. in your village, um, but also knowing when it's time to to leave, yeah, or have someone leave the village and and being okay with that, yeah. Right? So maintaining the village for me has changed and shifted over the years. Even my idea or concept of what that looks like has changed and shifted because at one point early on, the village in and of itself for me was associated with these are the people that are my close and trusted circle. I've come to understand that the village is more about a concept than it is about physical beings. Mm -hmm. So if there is an understanding or a definition of what the village is, what are the qualities that the village has to possess? What are the characteristics that have to be present in order for this to be the village? If you think of it from that standpoint, then it becomes very clear the moments where a shift happens and a particular being is no longer a part of that concept. Mm. So it doesn't have to be that intentional like, oh, I'm cutting you off right. because for the most part, the person will fall away on their own right. or you, you will be moving in ways that your paths will no longer intersect anymore. And it, it'll be much more natural and much more organic mm -hmm. as opposed to this scramble for, I got to gather up these particular people right, right. so that this can be in place. So just the understanding that the village does not have to be defined as particular individuals and physical bodies. The village can be defined in the characteristics of what it needs to embody yeah. so that people can come and go fluidly and it doesn't feel strange and it feels very ordered mm -hmm. and it has the ability to move and breathe and be shaped and grow as you move and your children move and breathe and shape and grow yes yeah and i think that's really important right like even the the notion of the village as a concept like this thing that's that's living right right um, and growing yeah like you want it to flourish you want it to thrive in every other trendy word that we're using right now <laughs> the glow up whatever it is that you want to use right um, because I think we have been socialized to think of the village as actual physical physicality like right. whether it's space or people right and I have found and have seen not just for myself but in other people I'm, I like to sit back and observe that um, <laughs> And sometimes you see things you're just like, that ain't right. Right. Yeah. Why are you still in that? That's like, real. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't 
think that's what God had planned, uh, right? Like, that's you're just not like, the Lord's will. That, okay, you're just mm-hmm. like, no, no, <laughs> right? Um, and, and you try to then intervene and people lash out at you. Yeah. Um, because we've been taught to think that or they have to Or you lash out at people because you're trying to keep them, keep them here. Yeah, and they're not supposed to be there. Exactly. Yeah, and so then, and so then when you think of it as a concept, which I think is beautiful, um, you embody what it means to be, like you can be a village. Exactly. Right? And that in itself is extremely powerful. Yeah. Right? Because like if we think about qualities that, you know, it has to possess in order for you mm-hmm. to grow and flourish mm-hmm. and be great. You know, I, I, I equate that to like being in an intimate relationship and what are the things that I need See? Exactly. from this person and what are the things that I'm not willing to put up with. Exactly. Like I'll be like, player, so this is what we're going to do and this is what's right. not going to happen. Right. Um, and looking at it and thinking about it that way also helps to relinquish some of that need to control things. Yeah. Because as things shift and things change, then you're shifting and you're changing. And the concept of this village that is your support system, of course, is naturally going to shift and change along with you. And it relieves you of this incredible pressure to make sure you're keeping tabs on these 10 people that you've identified. I need to call so-and-so. I haven't heard Mm -hmm. from them. What's going on? If someone falls away, they fall away. The village is still intact because the support, the characteristics that are needed to support the life that God has designed for you to live yeah. are still in place. The foundation is still there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And 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 connecting it back to we we talk in circles you and I. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm trying not to do that because <laughs> this, this would be a really long conversation, but like I'm going to keep it on this concept of uh, of the village as a concept, right? Mm-hmm. And thinking about like then when we talk about things like healing mm-hmm. and things like uh, care, self-care, self-love in the village, protection, mm-hmm. um, being creators mm-hmm. within the village because we were created, we have the domain to create as well. Yeah. And then having allies outside of the village. Mm-hmm. Um, cause sometimes, like I said, it, you know, we talked about it earlier. I was like, sometimes you see your skin folk and your kin folk <laughs> and you're just like, I need, I need someone outside of this space, well. outside of this village, <laughs> like to listen, to yeah. hear me out and see like, am I actually like, is what I'm saying reasonable and right. or valid? Like, is what I'm feeling like, okay. Right. Or am I actually just like, you, you might need to seek <laughs> mental health services, which right. is fine. Like, yeah. You know, I firmly believe everybody should see a counselor, but mm-hmm. that's just me. Um, so let's talk about in maintaining the village, what it looks like to care for the village. Hmm. So to care for the village in, in my mind and the way that I perceive it, because for me, the village is a concept. It's, it's these characteristics of love and nurturing and support and permission to give yourself self-care and permission to self-define 
and and room for everyone to come and bring a hundred percent of who they are and room for all of us to be and and to flourish and to grow and to be productive in however many ways that shows up because it's that then um caring for the village becomes pretty much just an exercise in being mm. Um, and we were just talking about this earlier. <laughs> yeah. So it, it just becomes this exercise in being because if you are in fact exhibiting and living into the characteristics that this village is supposed to possess, right. then in your doing that, it's, it's kind of like the scripture that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will follow. Yeah. So if you're being these characteristics of the village, then everything is going to fall into place whether it means whether falling into place means now my my life is on this particular path and it's no longer a part of this this village mm -hmm. in you know specifically or if it means my life is now on this path and as i walk this path then there are these new people that are now going to be incorporated into what's happening yeah. here yeah. or if it means my life is on this path and that means now i have new information to better support somebody else that's going through something that i just came out of right so taking care of the village winds up being it, it's not necessarily the concept of mentorship that we often go with which is the the older people or the wiser people and right. you mentor somebody that's coming up behind you but it becomes this peer mentoring type of model where everybody has something valuable to share yeah. everybody has something valuable to contribute and everybody is willing to nurture and care for all of those things in that space right and I think for mothers and people that mother, it's uh -huh. like us the whole separate, like, quote unquote, village, right? Yeah. Like, when we think about village, it's usually like close friends and family, yeah. and, like our child's godparent, or, you know, people that care about our kid, right? Um, my best friend. Uh -huh. um, and I think that mothering and those that mother have a village within themselves yeah right and i have found that it could be very toxic mm -hmm. like dangerously toxic mm -hmm. or it could be extremely extremely excuse me life-affirming mm -hmm. right so i remember being pregnant with my son and having my son i didn't go to any class i didn't read not one book <laughs> I didn't watch a YouTube video. Right. I was just like, I'm going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, okay, it's time to bathe the baby. And I was like, uh, where they do that at? Like, how they do that? Right. Right? <laughs> like, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was just like, they were like, what's your birth plan? And I was like, birth a baby? Like, what kind of question is that? I got options. I'm like, <laughs> like, you're asking me what I want? I was just here. I was, was going to pop out, right? Um <laughs> And then being like petrified and going through um, postpartum anxiety and being like, I'm losing my mind. And like, it kind of felt like, get out, I'm in the sunken place and I'm here by myself. Mm -hmm. And then having a mom um, say to me, you know, I had two moms actually. Uh, one of them, you know, uh -huh. um, and she's an amazing, they're both amazing human beings. One of them, and she's also 
one that I would consider an, an not an elder, but like an OG mama. Okay. Right. I don't want to say elder because to right. me, elder is like you in your eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They not in the eighties, <laughs> and they would disagree. And they would they be like, "I'm not no OG. I'm not no elder." And I'm like, "You right, but you an OG mama. Like right. your child is in college. That's right. That's it." <laughs> um, and then the and she was she's the one that said to me, you know, you just need to be, like you're forcing mm. it. Right, mm-hmm. you're you're doing the most. You're doing the absolute most, and you just need to be. Mm-hmm. And then the younger mom was like, "So let me tell you about this fourth tri- fourth trimester thing." And I was like, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> and she's like, "Just be with him." They both said, "Just be with your son." Yeah. Right? Like, if he's crying, just put him on your chest. Don't listen to what anybody else has to say. You're gonna right. figure out. Right. Like you two are gonna figure each other out. Like he's been on the inside. This is the only other person. This is the only person that knows you from the inside out. Yeah. The, on this side of Earth, right? Yeah. Like he's heard your heartbeat. He knows what you eat. He's heard your voice mainly. Mm-hmm. Like he's been doing that. He's been baking for all this time that you like. This is a shock to his system, and you right. gotta. You're basically the one that's gonna bring him in. Right. And then you go on to things like social media websites and these web pages, these mom mm. web pages, and these women are tearing each other apart. Yeah. Like, oh, you spank your kid or you didn't feed them organic and you're not using cloth diapers and right. blah, blah. And I'm just like, but why are y'all so nasty? Yeah. Like, my kid is happy. Mm-hmm. He's sitting there fat and, and full mm-hmm. and smiling. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm rocking at this mom thing. Right. Did we just sit in front of the television for three hours? Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> and we were both quite content. To and do we it. were chilling. <laughs> Did I read like six books after that to make up for it? No. Probably. Actually, I probably. I was <laughs> like, really? oh my god, you're, you're just good, like. <laughs> I, <didn't. laughs> I was just like, we watched way too much TV. It's like we gotta, we gotta turn on. Let's open books now. Um, right. And so it's like you know. Everybody always has something to say about yeah. how you mom. Yeah. Um, and my mom did. She's just like, give him this and give him yeah. that. And I'm just like, that's a whole other episode of like <laughs> these home remedies. Yeah. We're going to talk about that uh-huh. on another episode. But, <laughs> but I'm just like, just let, let me figure it out. Yeah. And if I have questions or I need a SOS, I'm going to call upon you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think when we talk about that concept and, and, and the toxicity of the mother village it's one of well you don't know what you're doing right so let me tell you what to do right how am i supposed to learn in that space yeah to how to take care of my child because when at three you ain't gonna be there at three o'clock in the morning exactly Right. right yeah yeah i um when i became a mommy i realized that a lot of the stuff that is pretty much passed on as mother wisdom from generation to generation was not going to work and wasn't really applicable to my particular situation and to my dynamic with my daughter. And I came to the realization rather quickly with her that stayed with me as I parented my other children that it wasn't about this being in control thing, that I I was raised in a home where it was about the parents being in control. Mm -hmm. 
And I came to a realization through prayer and through being in tune with my own children and with myself. And also one of the methods of control mm -hmm. that was used in the household I grew up in was spankings. Right. And when my children were little, my right arm, which is my dominant arm, my shoulder would dislocate. Okay. So I could roll over in my sleep and it would dislocate. It took nothing for my shoulder to dislocate. Yeah. So Is this the punishment story? Well, so spankings were not they, an option. Right, right. You know, spankings, I couldn't use what was in my mind and had been taught to me as the go-to. Right. I couldn't use that because you know how parents say it'll hurt me more than it'll hurt you? It really does, it, though. It, but it literally <laughs> would have hurt me more than it would have hurt them because I had to go to the hospital every single oh, time okay. to get my shoulder put back in. Right, right. So I had to come up with creative ways of discipline and I had to think outside of that box of this is the most effective way to do this. Mm -hmm. And in doing Doing that, I realized each of my children was very different. Each had very different needs. Each had a very different response to different things. Yeah. And it became more important to me to parent their purpose Ooh. as opposed to just trying to be this person in control. I'm the parent. You're the child. Do what I said. Do. Yeah, yeah. So discipline was different with each of them. And a lot of people were just kind of like, mm, I don't know about that. You know, but I mean, for for the people that I was raising and for the purposes that I saw were, were present with them and for the purposes that I didn't even know, but the qualities and characteristics that I saw in them, I, I found it very encouraging and very inspiring to push them in certain areas. One I might push in this direction and the other one I might not push in that direction but will push in another direction. Right. And it's because they were all different. So there couldn't be, I, I realized that whole blanket rules thing just wasn't gonna be effective right, for the right. parenting that I was called to do. Even though they were handed down, right? Right, exactly. by, by the village. Exactly. That yeah, and us. honestly, that caused me to have to depart from that village. Mm -hmm. So it became, my, my parenting village was very different from my biological village. Mm -hmm. And my, my those villages were very different from my spiritual journey village. Okay. So it, it wound up being certain people are connected to me in certain spaces, but I can't have everybody walk with me in every space because it's just not conducive to to being able to make forward movement and being able to just be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. I think that's it, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's just not one village there's yeah there's multiple and when you realize that then it's easier to walk with a concept of not discarding people mm. because just because you don't fit here doesn't mean that maybe you're a part maybe you're a part of this village right that's still connected to my life right but i just don't share this part of my life with you come on you know so it it makes Listen, it easier that's a word that's a word <laughs> it, it makes it easier to refrain from just totally throwing people out and discarding people mm -hmm. because there's value in everybody right so maybe the value that is in you now serves the purpose to help me along this spiritual path right. as opposed to this parenting path right right or you know so just being able to see that and walk in that has been it's it's been a point of redefining freedom for me hey it's been really liberating and it's it's definitely a part of the womanism that i practice mm -hmm.
Yeah. Listen, I just I don't even know what to say anymore because that was <laughs> that was a lot. We've we've it we've, is a lot. We've touched on so many things and I think personally even from this conversation and I've learned a lot from you over the years, but you know one, it's that there's multiple villages in your life and you don't have to put everybody in this one space because mm -hmm. that could be extremely toxic. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also okay to be like, you know, you no longer fit this space mm -hmm. for you as an individual or for other people. Yeah. So to other mommies that are becoming mommies, have been mommies, are transitioning to grandmommyhood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, as we continue to meditate on the concept of the village, what is something that you would want to share with them about being able to maintain the village in the good, in the not so good, mm -hmm. and in, in the in-between? Um, I just want to encourage everyone to be more fluid in their concept and understanding of what mommying is. Because there are people that mommy who have never given birth. Mm -hmm. There are people who mommy generations. And there are people who, I mean, mommying can be so many different things and so many, there's spiritual mothering. There's um, natural, natural, actual physical childbirth. There's auntie mommying. There, you know, so there are all these different ways that mommying can happen. And all of those ways are valid. Yeah. And it would help to relieve some of the toxicity if we don't do the comparative, well, you've never had kids, so I'm not listening to you. You know, just because somebody has never given birth to children does not mean they don't have something valuable to offer about how to interact with this human being that you're interacting with, right, you know? Right, right. So just encouraging everyone to be more fluid in their thinking about what is valuable when it comes to mommying. And, and what can be included and what can be held in that space yeah. as valued and valuable so that we're not othering people in our pursuit of being the best mother we can be and in our pursuit of forming this village and maintaining this village and so that we're not discarding people and, um, and judging people and coming up with false ideas about people based on information that is not the truth right. but it's just something that is tied into something that you might have had passed down from generation to generation and it doesn't necessarily fit the space that we're in now like things are changing hmm. the world is changing literally by the second exactly so there's just a lot of value in being able to open that space up more and say let me see what you're bringing to the table. How does your mommying complement my mommying? How can my mommying complement yours? Right. And what are some places where we both need to grow, where we both need to do some work? You right. know, there, there's just so much. Yeah. There's so much. And sometimes who are the things and spaces and places who we need to let go of? See? Exactly. Yeah. And that's real. That's very real. So if people wanted to get in touch with... Kimberly Redefining Freedom Kabult. Yes. How would they do so? 
Um, you can, let's see, I am on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Kimberly, that's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y dot McCrae, M-C-C-R-A-E. And I'm very active on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Twitter. My Twitter name is at Poet R-D-F. And my, you can get in touch with me through my company. It's called Press Towards Freedom. And I'm in the process of revamping things and reworking things, but I do have a website and let's see, I don't even remember the actual website. Uh, it's P-R-E-S-S-T-O-W-A-R-D-S-F-R-E-E-D-O at wixsite.com backslash consulting. I believe that's the website information. But if you Google Press Towards Freedom Consulting, then you should be able to see both the page on Facebook and the website. And I call myself a dream developer, so yes. I sit with people and what they say they're dreaming that their life can be, I help them to get that from just a dream to actual manifestation. Yes. Yeah. So Kim, thank you so much for sitting with for mommy's sake. I always love sitting with you yeah. anyway. This was a good excuse. Yummy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and thank you listeners for listening to another episode of For Mommy's Sake. Check us out at reclaimthewell.com for other episodes and we're also on iTunes. Till next time. This episode was produced by Higher Ground Sound. Many thanks for your talents and editing. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. Until next time, show a mommy some love.